All right, rolling right along here with episode number 22. It's Business of Film, and this week we've got Brigade Marketing. They're a digital uh, media and strategy company. Uh, they've worked on tons of studio movies and indies. Uh, today we're joined by Tom Kuna, and uh, I, I, w- I got to say, one of the things that I like about talking with people in uh, the world of digital media and film is that th- their eyes are open to the possibilities of what is the the current market realities of getting your film to an audience and how that process works, especially in today's ever changing you know world. So it was just it was cool to talk to a guy who who is in it day in day out doing it for the studios. And trying to take some of that knowledge and apply it to indie film and people who are out there either trying to get recognition for for their smaller projects or if you've got a larger project, you know, how you go about working with a digital marketing agency and what your expectations should be. So all that being said, this is episode 22, Tom Kuna, Business of Film. Thank you for listening. All right. So, so Tom... Um, Thank you for coming on the show, and Brigade, tell us a little bit about how you got started with Brigade and, and, and what your agency uh, is all about. Okay, um, yeah, we are a um, full-service digital marketing, advertising, and publicity agency, um, and there are actually two facets to Brigade. Um, there's the digital marketing side of the company, which I oversee, and then my business partner, Adam Kirsch, oversees the publicity side of the business. Um, so specific to the realm that, that I oversee, it, it's really, um, you know, we do digital marketing strategy for film releases and television properties, and it really runs the gamut. It's, you know, it's large studio right down to smaller independent films as well. Um, and within that area, there are sort of three different facets that we um, have teams that oversee. The first would be social media strategy. Um, the second is, is creative, which really is kind of like websites, banners, as well as all the social media creative that we do for our social campaigns. Um, and then we have a digital publicity team as well. The digital publicity team also works at times in tandem with Adam's team, which is traditional publicity. His is more offline press. And, um, you know, that's everything from, you know, press junkets to broadcast publicity stuff, setting up, you know, facilitating the premieres, all that kind of stuff. Um, digital publicity is more of the online side of things. So it really just focuses on the content mainly. Um, and that's, you know, the trailer debuts, clip premieres, that sort of thing, as well as sort of just staying on top of the newly emerging platforms and where new media is popping up in, you know, the YouTube space and also keeping an eye on how media um, outlets are evolving with their, you know, their content via the social channels because they all have social channels now. Um, <clears throat> there, there's actually, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot here that I want to go into with you. Um, I find this so fascinating just in general, but let's just, let's just peel off to a certain extent, the studio business from the indie business and focus more just for the purpose of this conversation. Um, the indie, the indie side of what you do though, as a way to just sort of start this conversation, because you do 
so much work. Uh, actually, I'm not sure what what percentage of your work is studio based versus indie based. But mm-hmm. uh, can you just kind of just can you set a, at least can you set the framework for how you view digital marketing right now? Like, how do you look at the space <laughs> and think about it? Like when you because to me and to many people. It's a very complicated world out there. There are no answers. It's all Wild West kind of stuff right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I'd like you to talk to me about how do you think about it? What, like, what is your framework for you know, starting a strategy with a, with a producer or filmmaker or, or on any uh, film product that you're about to you know, get into it with? Well, um to address the the first part of what you said, I mean the 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 part about it that I've always liked, and I've been doing digital marketing since like God, like two thousand two thousand one. So I mean I've been doing it for a long time, and it does constantly change. I mean it has evolved so much in that time, and the focus and the concentration shifts um, from here to there. Um, the emergence of social media in the last five years has definitely changed it a lot. Um, but that's what makes it interesting. You know, it's not always the same. It, it, it is a lot to keep up with and it is a lot to pay attention to. Um, and it's now extremely mainstream or it's very mainstream. Um, every campaign needs a digital marketing component, I believe. Um, and I'm not just saying that because that's what I do for a living. Um, but it's, it's very essential, particularly in the social space at this point, even for smaller films, because the volume of users in the social media space now is, is huge. It's enormous. Um, and like I was saying before, the other, you know, companies and promotional partners and media outlets, they're all in the social space. So a lot of people's awareness about things and their consumption of things is coming through, you know, Twitter or Facebook or, or wherever it is that they go first every day and look at things and who they're following. Right. So it's extremely influential. Let me, let me ask you this and I'm going to just, I'm just going to kind of go right to the heart of, uh, the issue, which is there's so much noise out there in all these various digital media platforms. And when mm-hmm. you look at the rate of engagement, I mean, cause I, I, you know, we, we've talked to people, uh, who run fairly large, uh, websites and blogs specific to the film business, but I, I believe that these percentages and numbers hold up pretty much across the board. You know, Twitter engagement is can be, you know, if you've got a thousand followers, you know, you're, you're looking at like two percent in terms of like engagement metrics. Uh, right. I mean, correct me if, if I'm wrong here, but uh, you. You, you might have a thousand people or a hundred thousand people. You send out a tweet. You know, there's so much noise in the platform. It's really hard to break through on any level in terms of getting people to, you know, notice what you're doing, engage with what you're doing. And those that are, it's such a small percentage of it. And the same goes for Facebook, you, uh, just being able to get through to people. So, mm-hmm. you know, how do you tackle that? Because everybody says, everybody says, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to do something, uh, you know, on Twitter. We're going to do something on Facebook. We're going to engage people on Pinterest. We're going to engage people, you know, uh, you know, here and there. And I look at it and I go, well, yeah, but that doesn't mean anything. Like, it really doesn't when you say I'm going to be on Twitter. It, do- it means nothing uh, right. unless you've got an actual, I'm presuming, a plan or a strategy. So I'm going to throw this one over to you with a little bit of a pessimistic eye and I'm going to ask you to kind of just 
turn me around? How do you how do you deal with that? How do you think about that? Well, the first thing that you know any that that we do is is we determine the targets on a campaign, and that that varies obviously. Um, you know, from a foreign language film to a horror film to you know um, a, a comedy. You know, um, the thing about uh, Facebook and to a lesser degree, Twitter, you can do it on Twitter, but, um, their ad platform is very sophisticated. So you can target very, very well. So you can target users that have liked similar types of properties. You can target geographically. Um, you can target by age, gender. Um, so there's really a, a sophisticated or, you know, a sophisticated way to go after people um, to get them to like your page. And once they like your page, obviously the trick from there is to put engaging content out and make sure that they're interacting with it. And that ultimately it influences them going to see the movie. Um, so it's more that falls more into like the paid media realm, but that's really where you start in terms of targeting. Cause you do have to do it to your point. You're right. It is all of the platforms are such vast landscapes and you can't just throw up a page and expect people to go to that page or, or, you know, your friends liking it is not going to move the needle. Um, <clears throat> so there does need to be a plan in place to, to have an acquisition, uh, you know, a follower acquisition plan, a fan acquisition plan. That said, not every platform makes sense for every film. You know, sometimes if there's not the time um, to invest in a actual t- Twitter presence, it doesn't make sense to do that. So you'd want to focus on Facebook or if it's the right type of property, maybe Tumblr. Um, the one thing I will say about Twitter, though, that that we do pay attention to on every campaign is just what people are talking about in, in terms of the movie or how it's being disseminated throughout Twitter, um, which is different than actually setting up a page and, and rolling out, you know, tweets on a page promoting the film. Um, you know, for example, if we syndicate a trailer, once a trailer launches, you know, how many media outlets have picked it up? How many people have tweeted about it? How many people have retweeted it? And what's the ultimate reach on that? Because, you know, if 500 people tweet it, well, everyone in their newsfeed is seeing it. And then what's the follow, you know, as far as retweets off of that, what's the reach on that? So you can get, you know, 500 tweets that could end up being, you know, 8 million impressions, if that makes sense. It does. It does. Now, do you, are those... Are those would be some of the basic metrics that you're looking at. Now, what do you, what would you say, or how does that translate into, uh, because now we're, we're kind of in a, what, what you're talking about is kind of in a world of advertising slash publicity, because you don't necessarily know how much of your advertising, and I'm, I'm taking the money equation out of advertising, I'm kind of using it more as a, as a metaphor, because when you when, when you look at the metrics of your reach on Twitter and you get to so many people, you don't necessarily know what that translates to in terms of, I guess, getting people to the theaters or getting people to iTunes. So what are the metrics that you look at in terms of being a successful campaign? So when you look at the whole picture and you go, okay, what are we, what are we benchmarking here as success? How are you setting up your, uh, your ideas with filmmakers about, or, or with your clients about, okay, 
this is what we want to achieve and this is what we think the level of success should be. So I suppose what I'm asking you is, you know, what are the what are the you know the, the key performance indicators that we should be looking at when we're creating a campaign to say, you know what, this is this would be a success. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good question, and it's it's a hard question to give a precise answer to um, because you never know that walking into a campaign. You can have a sense, having watched the film, of what the sort of touch points would be and what are the most appealing elements that might, you know, um, provoke engagement um, in the social space. Um, in terms of the response rates and how people are interacting with it, um, from a moving the paid out of it because that's it, it's it's much easier to see a success rate or a not so successful rate off of a paid buy but um it really is looking at how many people are actually responding to what you're putting out and if the engagement is low that means that the interest is not as strong as one would hope um in terms of making a connection to how well it might do, you know, in the theaters or on iTunes or wherever, it's very hard to make that connection. Um, the thing that's been challenging about the digital space is that because there, it's easy to see numbers and it's easy to see how people have reacted, whether they've clicked on something, whether they've liked something, um, you can see how well they're responding to the advertising, but uh, the expectation as to how it's how it's um, you know moving over to a purchase is is higher, I think, than like doing you know subway ads or an outdoor ad or something like that. Um, that expectation isn't there. It's true. Um, like you, you, if you put an ad in a paper, it's kind of yeah. like great. Well, we had a million impressions and people are happy with that. But you right, you, know, you, you do you do the same thing on on Facebook. And you're like, well, if we didn't get, you know, a thousand people to push like, and that's your benchmark, then it, then it's a fail. It's like it's it's a, it's easier to say, you know, pass fail in Facebook, uh, but you likely have a much more targeted audience inside those channels than you would doing, you know, a billboard. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And the thing about it is, you can shift the campaign if something's not working. Like if people are not responding to something or they don't say they like it. That's good information to have. And we always view that as, you know, um, okay, so this gives us an opportunity to modify things, um, which is helpful. Um, and you don't have that in, uh, in the other facets of marketing necessarily. Well, I guess you do to a certain degree, but um, it's not as, you know, as immediate. Um, but... Um, Okay, so in the let's just talk Facebook for just ha- half a second because in the Facebook realm, since we're, we're, we're on that topic, obviously it's a very powerful engine in terms of being an ad platform. You can do all those things that you mentioned before in terms of targeting and uh, and being able to change it up and you see what's working and what's not working. Um, but that enters into the the what enters into the equation right off of my sort of you know uh, thinking here is that okay. I better have a budget to do this. If I'm going to break through that noise, I better have a budget set aside to deal with uh, the, the the marketing and publicity of my film. And I actually heard, uh, this is a little bit of a, of a tangent, but on a previous podcast that we had with an independent distributor, uh, with uh, Mark Ehrman uh, over at Paladin, also based in New mm-hmm. York, um, he was actually saying something incredibly interesting, which is that you know one of the best things that producers should do, and one of the reasons that producers fail in getting their product to the marketplace is that they don't set up up front 
a budget for, you know, P&A, whatever that may be. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and and you're obviously at, at, I don't want to say the end of the filmmaking process, because I'm sure ideally you'd rather be engaged as early on in the process as possible. But to a large extent, people need to come to you with a budget to do what you, you know, need to do really effectively. Right. So, uh, and, and I believe that those dollars can translate into, into very real and practical results. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not asking a question like, okay, how much should a producer spend? Cause I think that that's kind of like, you know, how long is a piece of string? But I, mm-hmm. I am sort of asking you, uh, about the whole idea of understanding that in order to get results, producers should be thinking about setting aside money for certain areas and to do certain kinds of things. So can you talk a little bit about, okay, these are what the things we should be thinking at, you know, what are the things that we should be thinking of in terms of, you know, independent P&A and where should we would be, where should we ideally be allocating resources? It's kind of a long winded question, but I hope you kind of understand what I'm getting at there. Yeah, and and by by producer you mean someone who actually has the funds to self distribute versus just someone who's going to Sundance and trying to get their movie acquired or something like that. Yeah, I mean maybe uh, before you even answer the the question that I've asked, it should be like, okay, well, what kind of people are are are, are engaging with you right now? I mean, uh, because I'm assuming that it's going to be the indie filmmaker who obviously didn't get picked up at Sundance, but still has a really good product in their hand. Mm-hmm. Or any of the or any of the filmmakers that are working with, uh, you know, a Tug or a Gather or a Seed and Spark or any of these, you know, platforms. Uh, I don't know how many of those kinds of producers sort of cross into the products that you work on. Um, so anyway, yeah. there's a lot there. So I'm going to kind of throw it. I'm throwing it, throwing it back to you. Okay. Um, and it's in it, you know, it's very case by case and there is no universal consistent way that it is done. Um, and in my experience, however, the digital marketing part is typically further down the road. Um, I think typically, uh, independent producers would hire a publicist first. Um, if it was going to premiere at South by or Sundance or, you know, Toronto or wherever, um, and that really is kind of their main focus because that's what generates buzz about the film within the industry. Because really, I mean, I think the main goal to come out of a festival is to get acquired. Um, so the digital marketing component, I think, comes in more once you're trying to reach the consumer, um, the person who's going to actually buy or pay to see your movie. <clears throat> so... Uh, while they might have it in mind, I don't know that they necessarily have, you know, um, the budget outside of the necessity, which is their first step to get acquired, to get into digital marketing. Um, I also see times where filmmakers, it's important to think about, I think it's important for film or producers and filmmakers to have a sense of how the film would be marketed. Um, and, you know, I think that they typically know that it needs a publicist. A lot of times they'll, they'll create a one sheet and produce trailers for festival, um, which, um, and, and create a site even, and that stuff's all good. Um, but, um, 
the one thing that also needs to be taken into account is once that's handed over to a distributor, the distributor then takes it over and their marketing team determines the position uh, positioning and then they may change everything, you know? Um, so it's very, it's, it, it's a little more fluid with the festival plays. <clears throat> if it's a producer who's going to self-distribute, <clears throat> excuse me, I've had this fog, frog in my throat. <clears> throat> um, if it's a producer who is self-distributing and has the funds and the budget to, to cover all of the marketing facets, yes, they definitely should be including digital in that. Um, and by digital, I mean, you know, social media, creative, um, media allocation and, um, and, um, you know, like, um, uh, digital outreach, which can all, which can also fall under the publicity realm. So let's let's actually just take a practical example here. Just I'm going to just pick a movie off of your site, um, and uh, I hope I pick one that you're like, oh yeah, we did a lot of work on that. Um, but your <laughs> your sister's sister uh, is is that a movie that you guys worked on? Actually, my business partner Adam worked on that. That okay. was the traditional publicity realm. Oh, that was just in the traditional. Okay, fine. The yeah. reason why I, the reason why I picked that because that was sort of like a an indie drama, and it was it was actually a movie that I saw here in Toronto during the film festival a couple of years back, and felt it was really special indie drama so but if that was just in the traditional uh publicity realm then i'm going to pick another one um and i don't want to go too i mean okay so let's let's take two examples here just if if mm-hmm. if, if you uh are able to to peel away the layers of the onions on these guys um euro dreams of sushi was that di- was there any digital in that that was traditional traditional okay how about uh Sol- silver linings playbook that was digital. Okay. Hey, look at it. I, I, I'm, I'm one for three. Not bad. 30%. You know what? Actually, I, there's, there's a couple of others that we worked on. I mean, we did work on that campaign. We did the creative for it. So we built the site and, and stuff like that. And that was more of like a, you know, that was Weinstein Company put that out. So that was more of a, a stu- you know, kind of like a studio release. Okay. Um, so is there more of an indie one that you think would be a better example just to kind I of mean, dive into? Yeah, we've done quite a few. Um, we did the campaign for Before Midnight last year. Oh, yeah, perfect. Sony Classics. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. That's an interesting one because, um, and they definitely understood the, the need for the importance of social media on that. Um, but it had a pre-existing fan base, but it was an in, it's an indie film. And that was unusual because it had, you know, its predecessors and there was already sort of a built-in fan base for it that was very enthusiastic about it. Um, so really it was just kind of reintroducing that, um, reintroducing them to the characters and, um, and also kind of potentially and hopefully introducing the film to a different demographic who didn't see the previous films. Um, but that's one that that's always a great, best case scenario because you already have your built-in base and the acquisition is not as challenging. Uh, so but, what, so what did, did you do on that one then? Um, that was Facebook and Instagram largely. <clears throat> and what did you, what did you do on those platforms? I guess more specifically to raise awareness. Um, I mean, what the stuff that we do, I mean, it's fairly consistent across the board. It really heavily ties into creative now. Like, um, you know, whatever is being posted on Facebook channels or Facebook, uh, Facebook pages um, uh, and Instagram or whatever, it, it really needs to be engaging creative. And, you know, at the end of the day, it 
technically is advertising, but it has to be created in a way that is not like advertising because it's a social environment and people don't want to feel like they're being marketed to. So it's kind of tricky. Um, um, and it's evolving. It's definitely evolving. Tumblr is actually an area where advertising is definitely gotten very creative and it's, it's, you know, it's a hybrid of what people are doing on it, but it also can't come across as a direct ad because that kind of puts people off. <clears throat> right. So Tumblr's really very much in that nascent phase of, uh, you know, people aren't yet comfortable with the idea of advertising on it, but you've got Twitter, I believe is just moving over now to allowing, I think anybody to start advertising and promote their tweets. It used to be that you'd have to have a fairly large buy in order to get a promoted tweet on Twitter, but now I think it's going to become kind of like Facebook. Yeah, and I mean, it, it is, and it, it it's also, the one thing I'll say about them is it's what they have done so far is very unobtrusive. I don't think it has, um, you know, it, it hasn't intruded upon the user's experience the way that, you know, a website might with a push-down banner or a, an overlay ad or something like that, you know. And that's smart um, because it, it's sort of, um, it's not letting the advertising dictate what's happening. Um, and they don't want to disrupt what people are going there to do. But at the same time, they still also have to have an ad model in place. I mean, they have to obviously make money. So what are the kinds of creatives, uh, sorry, what are the kinds of creative, um, elements that you, that you are seeing working well on the independent platforms? Is there anything specific, um, uh, like, I don't know, clips from the film, uh, artwork with uh, text on it, uh, behind the scenes stuff. I, I don't know. Um, uh, what, what's working? Um, you know, it's a combination of, in terms of the, 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 the content and what's put out in people's news feeds, you know, it, it definitely, it's, it's images from the film, but it also is concepts around it. So concepts that tie into the theme of the film, um, the editorial that's sent out in, in tandem with the image also needs to be engaging. Um, and it's really finding something that is either going to to entertain the person or that they'll relate to in some way. Um, and, um, and you know, it has to, it, it, it's, it's a little bit tricky because it's not like I was saying before, it's not typical advertising, but, but it's, it is marketing and, and it still has to appeal to people. Um, so it, it really varies. Um, a lot of times I think, um, you know, the inter video is actually, I think, the short, short, uh, you know, like short snippet video has actually become really one of the more most popular methods of um, consumption in social media. So that's another area that has kind of uh, emerged with, you know, Instagram and and stuff like that. Um, so it really depends on the property and it depends on what you're marketing, um, and and it it varies, but. Um, there's no two that have really been the same, um, if that makes sense. No, it does, and it, and it should. I mean, we're dealing with creative, creative properties, so no two are going to be the same. Although I would think that I mean, it's just interesting that you say that you know there is a certain consistency, uh, you know, 
among what can work, which is you say short snippet videos, are you saying that would be like a two minute clip inside a Facebook or a Twitter platform or like a 30 second type of thing or yeah, short, like the short, like short stuff, like 10 seconds and under like Instagram. Oh really? Fine. Okay, wow. Short. Yeah. That's short. And that's, yeah. um, okay, cool. Yeah. That's, uh, so tricky. It is. It, it's very tricky. I mean, uh, I find I just I don't know. A Vine is. I mean, do 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 you use Vine at all? Is that like something that you find works, or is that just too annoying for most people? Um, it's interesting. Vine. There's still people using Vine, and there's actually still influential people using Vine. Um, but not for every campaign. That would it would be very case by case. Um, I, I think with the evolution of Instagram and uh, and Facebook acquiring that. Um, that, you know, that's definitely, it definitely sort of stilted, um, vines growth and evolution, but there are still people that use it. So what are the, um, what are the platforms outside of the main two or three? Um, by the main two or three, I'm guessing Facebook, Twitter, and then Instagram would might be number three on that list. What are the... What are the other platforms that producers should be focusing on uh, to, you know, to, to, to drive attention? Uh, or should they even be focusing on any other ones besides the main three? Because there's so many options out there. Should they be, should they be, they be diluting focus at all or just be like, no, 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 I, you know, focus on these and do these well? Yeah, I think that they should focus primarily on Facebook and maybe Twitter, if they're just, you know, a producer who is like we were talking about before, you know, trying to get into a festival or playing at a festival or something like that, I think that is fine to start. To get into trying to build out more platforms is a lot more challenging and it takes time. And even when the marketing budget is there, it's still not recommended to use every platform unless it's unless you know that there's going to be engagement there you know um because we don't want to spend the resources on doing something that's not going to deliver and they don't all deliver you know um you know horror properties in particular do very well on tumblr that's the you know we we typically always recommend that um you know twitter can be very hard like we were talking about before to acquire followers um, you know, for a, a smaller independent film. So that, that doesn't, it might not be the best place to invest those resources. Um, but certainly having a Facebook page definitely makes sense. It's interesting that you bring up Twitter being a hard place to, to, you know, to get followers. Um, and what comes to mind is the difference between having a brand and being a person. So if you're a film, you're, the brand of that 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 film becomes the brand that you're trying to push right whereas if you're you know the the star or the director or somebody integral to uh to the making of the of the property where do you how do you separate the two i mean is is it is it better to attack it from the perspective of you know i'm gonna i'm gonna build up this there's, you know, an audience for this, this brand, i.e. this, this film, where I'm going to focus on, you know, these individuals to, you know, to push the property because once right. the film is done, you know, like, I, I don't know whether, you know, your audience kind of falls off a cliff and then, and then what do you do next? And there's this whole 
idea of trying to build audience so that you can carry your audience from one from one film to the next. And, you know, certainly I, I would imagine this translates very much into the studio world where they spend a ton of money trying to get people to, you know, go see their movie or raise awareness for their movie. They spent all that money. Then all that, that, that entire audience just, I'm imagining just, again, just falls off a cliff. Like there's no, like, do, do you, what do you do? <laughs> you know? Well, um, going back to, to what you were saying about, you know, having something, having a profile for the property versus having a, um, you know, a, a star of the film who actually has a ton of followers, uh, you know, having them promoted and what's the delineation. I mean, really the, uh, anytime that there's someone involved with the film who can do something to promote it, who has a high following, it definitely, even if it's just tweeting the trailer when it launches or something like that, we always try to find that or, or get that. Um, and, um, you know, we always also, uh, recommend a hashtag, you know, or the client recommends or has a hashtag and, and that's, you know, always promoted with whatever we're doing. That's across materials. Um, and you also, when you try and get someone influential to tweet, about it you want them to use the hashtag so if there's not necessarily a page for it the property at least having influential people talk about it or tweet about it using the hashtag that's great i mean that we, that's always good and that's another thing that we sort of follow and pay attention to right so i i guess the i guess that you know the 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 next question I have for you would just be about the idea of driving audience to the digital channels to consume the product uh, in the specific case where there's no theatrical release. So when you have a theatrical release, obviously you're going to get the traditional press out there and the publicity department, you know, can, can, can fire on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. But when you don't have a theatrical release, which is a lot of the time these days, because you're going to have, you know, tons of independent films that that don't do theatrical, but do, you know, all the other platforms and possibly fairly successfully, too. What's your approach when you don't have the ability to leverage theatrical? It's challenging. Um, it, it's definitely very challenging. I mean, especially if you don't have an advertising budget. You know, um, if you have an ad budget, you can, you know, compensate for where you might not be getting from a publicity standpoint, but it's still hard not having the publicity. Um, my hope is that it, it, it will change at some point and that, you know, you know, it, there used to be very precise windows as, as I'm sure, you know, there was the theatrical window and then there was the home entertainment window and, um, you know, I think it's, since it's still in a bit of a murky place, um, you know, my hope is that it, it will be more formalized so that VOD will have the same type of, um, you know, sort of formal windowing, if you will, um, um, that maybe like a home entertainment had or something like that. Cause, cause it, it's, it's very challenging to get it just from a straight, for a straight VOD release. Um, you know, um, there's always, you know, trying to work off of if it had festival play or something like that. Um, but, um, it definitely does not get the same level of, um, awareness that something that has a theatrical play does. Right. So in the case of, 
I mean, there's only so many films every year that are going to be picked up by independent distributors uh, at the major festivals. And then you kind of have everybody else. In the world of... And, and for the most part, anybody that's going to get picked up by an, ind- an independent distributor is likely going to come into you guys from, you know, from their distribution company who's got the P&A budget and, you know, is able to work with you, you know, distributor direct. In the world of I'm an independent producer and I want to engage the services of uh, Brigade to help me, you know, market and raise awareness for my film, when should filmmakers be you know, picking up the phone and calling you guys and, 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 you know, hammering out that strategy. You know, when are you ideal, when are you ideally having that conversation, uh, with, you know, the, the IP owners? Um, <clears throat> with the producers, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Prior to distribution. Yeah. I mean, it's always good for them to, uh, they may not be able to engage us at that point. Um, but it's always good to have the, the conversation and, uh, you know, uh, my Adam, my business partner, he definitely has conversations, you know, on the publicity side. And, you know, I think we're able to recommend things at that juncture for the filmmakers on the digital side. Um, but there typically isn't enough there to sort of get it going. The other thing that you, that, you know, it's a fine line because you also don't want to overmarket at the festival play either, you know? Um, you want to have an awareness of, you want to make sure that people are able to find it, but you don't want to overdo it either because like I said before, it might get changed and, and it might, you know, or it might not come out until nine months later or, or a year later. And then there's sort of a stagnancy with it. So, um, that's a very interesting point because filmmakers will get their film into a festival and they might go, you know, Gung ho on! I got to hire a publicist. We're going to have you know this whole strategy. We're going to put it out there. You know, you go rah rah rah, and then you know the film, like you say, isn't released for months. So mm-hmm. that's a very delicate balance that you're you're bringing up for producers. So in that case, what do you what do you suggest to them? What what are the things going into the film festivals that I mean? It's kind of a question of how hard do you push, right? And how much do you want to invest in it? Like yeah, to yeah. to hire and to to pay for like full digital marketing services around a festival release is overkill. Like you know, but to have the consultation of it in terms of what you should you know create your Facebook page, um, create you know if you have materials you can create a YouTube channel, um, you know. But again, you don't want to overdo it because it hasn't been acquired yet. Um, and, you know, it, it, it could change, you know. <clears throat> right. And, and it, it's, not, it's not quite the necessity that, like, I think having a publicist is still more important because, you know, they do talk to the distributors, they do talk to the press, and a lot of that is followed very closely during the festival, really from a trade standpoint. Um so, you know, that's definitely key. Um, you know, if it's a film that you know is going to maybe have a, a strong social following, it, it, it would make sense. Um, but to have to sort of start it and cultivate it from there is very challenging. It, it, unless it's, and when I say might have a strong following, it, it might have 
you know, a star in it that has a huge social media following, or it could be a, an adaptation of a book that has a tremendous following or something like that, where there is sort of a shoe in that immediately kind of propels it. That's a different ball of wax than, than if it's just a, a movie that you're just introducing to the world. Right. So I guess the, 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 the next sort of phase to all this is being able to create a being able to create and drive people to buying buying the product so let's say you kind of you're 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 a little bit farther on in the process and you want to drive people you know to your site to to buy your you know your your either the dvd or the the digital version of it directly from your site, which could be like um, hosted by a VHX or one of those, you know, various online hosting companies that, you know, that, that allow you to, you know, to sell your properties directly. Are you, have you had any experience working with producers in driving traffic to, uh, I'm going to use their site, quote unquote, to actually, you know, to, to drive sales? Have you had any experience doing that yet? Uh, in the digital space, and, and if so, what kind of results do you see when you try and push people to that to that kind of platform? We have not, in terms of you know, see, being able to see the direct connection between the click of the ad to the site to the actual thank you page on the transaction. No, we don't. Uh, as far as ours goes is, is we can see how far they've gotten to the actual site or what, you know, how they've engaged with it in social. Um, is that a so, metrics problem? Like it's just like, it's hard to get those metrics in order to, to actually translate you know, or, or, or is that not even the goal in terms of what you were doing? You know, um, it's not really the Goal. I, well, obviously it is the goal, but you know it's hard to get those metrics and to be in tandem with whoever the you know retail partner might be, um, whether it's iTunes or Amazon or whoever. Um, so you know having that, um, I, I don't even know honestly how those numbers are reported. They're certainly not given back to me. They're, they would be given back to the client. Um, but I, yeah, we are typically not involved in that. We can just say like, we can, we can tell you how people engaged with it, whether that was successful or not as successful as we hoped. Um, but to take it from there, we were not able to connect the dots, certainly not on our end. Um, so I, just, which is, and, and I, I think that it's hard to do. Yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of what I was getting at was I, as I believe it is hard to do and, and I'm not. I, you know, I think there's a great deal of effort right now being made by independent producers, and there's there's a a great amount of uh, you know people thumping thumping around saying you know we can deliver this we can deliver this platform so that you can self distribute your movie or you can you know have people come to you know your self hosted site so you can buy the DVD and you kind of want to drive people there and I I I don't I. I don't really have a handle, even from the conversations that we're having, you know, to date, really on whether how that's translating to sales. I mean, on mm-hmm. certain SVOD platforms, um, you know, we're, we're hearing that, you know, that there there are sales 
and you know, even even material amounts of money can can be made on those you know sort of SVOD platforms, but on the direct transactional basis, um, those those are still hard numbers to come by. I think. Yeah, and I mean. It's certainly, you know, there isn't even like what we have with box office numbers and stuff like that. That has never, uh, you know, we've never seen anything like that across, you know, digital and and VOD and all that stuff. And it's it's really kind of frustrating because it's hard to really get an idea of the landscape of how things are doing and how things are you know, from a competitive standpoint, how how to position things. It's it's very challenging. I'm not sure why that is not happening. I think what happens is that the actual, you know, Amazons and iTunes of the world will report those numbers back to the distributor. Um, but again, there isn't sort of an, you know, a canvas of how all of them are doing the way that we see box office numbers. And, and that's, that's a challenge. If only there were, if only there were, it would be yeah. good to see. Um, so I guess uh, we're uh, just because we're we're kind of out of time here. We've, we've blasted through forty minutes. Uh, are there any takeaways that you'd like uh, people to you know just think about when they think about brigade and sort of what you know? Um, uh, just a, any, any last thoughts that you have for for our audience before we before we sign off here? Um, no, I mean I, I I think just you know that. You know, the, the digital marketing space is, it, it is, I think people recognize that it's important now, um, but, you know, it is always changing too, so you definitely want to be thinking about that, and you definitely want to make sure that, you know, whoever you're talking to has a good sense of that and a good grasp of that, because um, it's also easy to get misdirected um, or, and, and not necessarily have the best approach um you know, in mind. So it's, um, it's, yeah, it's just very important to, to pay attention to it and be aware of it. And it continues to be more so. And how would uh, people best connect with you in the digital channels? Uh, if they wanted to connect with brigade? Um, well, you can go to our official site. Uh, we'd also have a Facebook page as well. Um, official site is brigademarketing.com. <clears throat> and Facebook is, I believe it's Brigade Marketing as well, Facebook.com. Um, I should know this. Yes, it's Facebook.com slash Brigade Marketing. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much for your time today. I definitely appreciate it. Learn, learn some new stuff here as always, and thank you for taking the time. This, this, this has been great. Yeah, likewise. It's been good talking to you.